When you think about doing ministry, what comes to your mind? What thoughts do you have when you hear the words, being missional through ministry? Two things that should be somewhere near the top of your list are, one, a biblical understanding of missional ministry, meaning you should understand what this means. Now, I'm going to spend some time at the top of this podcast explaining what it means, and I I trust it will give you some insight. But the second thing that should be near the top of your list when you hear being missional through ministry is not only understanding what it is, but where do you begin? Where do you start? Well, I'm going to answer those two questions, but I want to give you a whole lot more. After I explain what a biblical understanding of missional ministry is and where the starting blocks are, I want to give you a sequential action plan to help you care for others. In fact, I'm going to give you eight sequential steps to help you think about and you can implement into your life so that you can care for others. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, and you can read everything that I'm going to share with you in this podcast on our website, rickthomas.net. And it's in an article that you can read, you can print, you can share, you can link it, you can send it to 1,000 of your closest friends. But more importantly, I, I would love it if you would do at least two things. Make personal application to your life and then bring someone, at least one other person, if not a small group of people, in uh, to your context where you can talk about this vital article and podcast. Again, the title, If You Do These Things, You Will Be a Missional Friend. And this is a, a tandem article, the, the last one that I did. It connects to that one and is called How to Disciple Someone So They Will Care for others. And so I'm on this missional train right now. And so in the last podcast, it was how to help someone to go and help others. John Gates, one of our mastermind students, said that that is the best one he's ever read. And Praise God. He also said that he was going to use it uh, in a men's Bible group on one of his Saturday mornings at his local church in Asheville, North Carolina. And so he loved this article, How to Disciple Someone So They Will care for others. And then I thought, well, I'll just do this for John also because the thoughts are connected, but I'm going going to bring it back one link in the chain. And it's not so much about how to help someone disciple others, but I want to get inside your own heart and life and, and make sure that this idea of being missional is situated in your heart and life so you can be an excellent replication of Christ's likeness in your sphere of influence. And so in order to have a biblical understanding of what a missional worldview, missional mindset is, well, we want to go to the paragon, the missional mind of Christ. He is that paragon. And so being missional, you know, honestly, it sounds something like, you know, that's what missionaries do maybe as pastors. And if you are thinking that way, well, you are correct, because missionaries are missional, and so are pastors. Missionaries, you know, as we think about it, even though they can be uh, stateside missionaries and local missionaries, but we tend to think about missionaries going into third world countries or other countries, and they're telling people about Christ. That's being missional. 
And we know that pastors do similarly. They, they actually, they're missionaries locally, you could say. But this idea of a missional ministry is for every believer, because doing ministry is about transformation. And the reason you want to take the gospel to anyone, you got to have this missional mindset, is because of the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, as you've heard those adorable words, go therefore and make disciples. You want to imitate Jesus. He is the paragon of the missional mindset, who had a passion for destroying the works of the devil through the reclamation of souls. Perhaps this aspect of the mind of Christ, which the mind of Christ honestly is like a multifaceted diamond, and I'm only speaking of one aspect of the mind of Christ, the missional aspect, maybe it doesn't characterize you. That's okay if you're willing to change. And so I have a couple of questions for you, and I hope it will help you, maybe provoke you in an appropriate and biblical way to think about maturing into a missional mindset if you need to do that. Question number one, do you have a transformational worldview? That's just another way of saying, do you have a missional mindset? And number two, let's say that you do have a transformational worldview, and then here's my comeback. How have you structured your life to be transformational among your friends, that immediate sphere of influence? Now, I'm not suggesting that you limit yourself to your immediate sphere of influence, but my question is, how have you structured your life to have not only a missional mindset, but it's in practice as well among your friends? All bibliocentric ministry will have this idea of transforming souls, either through salvation, which from the human responsibility perspective, we're talking about evangelism, and if not salvation, then we're talking about sanctification, which is the ongoing care. We're talking about discipleship now. And so a bibliocentric ministry has this idea of transforming souls through evangelism and discipleship, and that's at the center of it. Without this mindset, your soul care endeavors, they will fail. They will. But if you do have this missional mindset, even in an elementary form, I, I don't want you to like penalize yourself or to beat yourself up because you're not whatever, whoever you're comparing yourself to. But if you have it, even in in an elementary form, then you understand what a missional mind mindset is and you're ready for the next step. And the next step is the second question that I said at the top of this podcast. That's, where do I start? Where's the right starting point for doing missional ministry? Here it is. The correct place to begin missional ministry is within your heart. Ministry does not start out there somewhere. It starts in here somewhere, inside your soul, inside your heart, your mind. Your soul is the basket word that I'm addressing, and that's where a missional ministry begins. Always, no exceptions. You don't want to skip this valuable point. If the message of Christ is not transforming your soul, you're not the best candidate for telling others how to experience transformation from Christ. you got to know Him, experience Him. You have to be experiencing transformation before you can export it. Think about it like this. Missional work operates in concentric circles. And at the heart of the first ring, the center circle in the middle of the page, your experience of Him, how you relate, engage, interact with our risen Lord. And as you continue to develop and mature in personal application of your missiology in your soul— 
where there's another group in the next the next outer ring this next group of folks that will be you will be exporting the mission of Jesus to those who are closest to you if you are married with children obviously your spouse and your kids are your very next mission fields but not the primary mission field. You are a missionary missionary to yourself initially, and then if you're married, your spouse, and then if you have children, then your children, and then and then it works out from there. Sometimes you will read over the exit doors of a local church, you are now entering the mission field, or something like that. Now, this perspective is it does have excellent intent. I mean, it really does. I understand what they're they're wanting to do and how they want wanting they want to envision, but it's incomplete, and it's incomplete because it could send an unintended message that becomes weak envisioning for that local church. The mission field does not begin outside the local group of believers, but inside their building. If transformative Jesus is not transforming you, then you will export odd versions of chaos to your family, to your friends, and to your culture. Now, you can discern this idea that I'm talking about, this where-to-begin idea, by reading the opening remarks of Luke in the book of Acts. Notice what he said in 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's the first statement, meaning that that Christ is going to happen to you first. The Spirit of God is going to reside in you first, and that's why you are your first missionary. And then Luke continues to say, and, okay, now you will be my witnesses and notice the the continuing development of these circles in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so you can hear the echo of this idea of concentric circles, but don't miss the starting point. The Spirit must overcome you initially before you can begin telling others about the transformative power of Jesus. Luke said, after the Spirit comes upon you first, you have your affirmation, you are born again, you have your release You can now start engaging your next closest neighbor, the next closest person, outer circle in your life. Paul gave additional clarity when he talked about our practical imitation of God within our spheres. Now, you can read about that here in these verses. I have them linked here. 1 Corinthians 11.1, Ephesians 5.1, Philippians 4.9. James 1.22 said it another way. If you want to hover over these links in these articles, if you don't know, if you hover over them, a box will pop up and you can read them without leaving, uh, leaving the website, which is a beautiful feature of technology. It's all contained, and so you can keep on reading, but pop up those verses and, and read them here. And so as you think about this vital, non-negotiable step, Would you be willing to take some time to self-assess to see where you are? Maybe these questions will stimulate you in that good direction. Are you first on your list of people who you'd like to see the gospel impact? Second question, how are you doing at being a missionary to yourself? Here's a third one, and this is another way of assessing how are you rubbing off on others. How is your missionary work in your life rubbing off on other people? And so now you have a right understanding of what a missional ministry is, as I talked about at the first part. 
And I've just been addressing, where do you begin? You start with yourself. You are the first missionary. And so with this, you will be able to develop a comprehensive way of doing missional ministry in your most influential spheres, those that are closest to you. But of course, again, you don't want to limit yourself. And so now what I want to do in the remainder of this podcast, I want to look at eight sequential steps for being the most effective kind of minister of the gospel that you can be. You understand what missional ministry is. You know where the starting blocks are. Now I want to give you eight steps that will move you around the track. They're in sequential order. Step number one, who am I? Who are you? Think about that. And with that, I want you to think about this. You cannot disconnect who a person is from what they do. And when I say who a person is, who they are on the inside to what they do on the outside, you can't disconnect that like you can break the linkage of a chain. Both of these aspects of ourselves, inside and outside, tie together into a unified whole. Collectively, they provide you with the most accurate assessment of the entire person. And so who I am or who you are... And what you do, it represents the totality of you. Who I am and what I do represents the totality of me. Jesus told us about the continuity of self, the links of ourselves. It's cut, it's cut, there's continuity there. He told us about that when he said, out of the abundance of the heart inside, the mouth speaks outside. He tied the heart to the tongue, or you could say he tied the heart to the behaviors. It is out of who we are on our inside that our words and our actions flow on the outside, and therefore our words and our actions find their vitality, their motivations, and their marching orders from who we are on the inside. Now, this insight makes the character of a person the most critical part a worldview that is hugely important when it comes to, for example, like hiring somebody or promoting someone from within a ministry or within a business. In that context, character is more essential than talent as far as the initial priority that you want to know. Too often, a church ministry, for example, will promote talent without spending adequate time assessing the person's character. And this lack of understanding and the temptation to plug a spot is a huge mistake if the character of the person is something other than humble, authentic Christ-likeness. How can you know them if you don't discern them in multiple contexts and relational interactions? An average musician with a high Christ-like character is better than an A-lister who can rock out with the best of them but lacks biblical integrity. Any person who wants to have a transformative ministry must first address the condition of their heart. And that is why when I talk about eight sequential steps of an exported missional life, step number one, who are you? Let me give you another illustration in addition to the, to the, musician, to the musician with low character or the musician who, who is not that, he's just average, but he has great character. Or the illustration I gave of plugging somebody into a ministry just to, just to fill a spot, which is the pragmatic view of promoting and hiring. Here's one more is critical in dating relationships, too. Some girls can be easily duped by what they want to see in a guy rather than taking the time to get to know him. Then they marry that perfect guy, 
and spend upteen years wallowing in regret and anger as they beat themselves up for either a sha- being shallow in their decision-making or maybe they were unaware of the pitfalls of, of what a blind season of dating can do for an individual. Words and actions from the man of your dreams can quickly turn into a nightmare after you covenant with him and, and set up the house for a happily ever after hope. Judging a book by its cover without doing the hard work of knowing what the contents are can bring a lifetime of disappointment. The works of Jesus flowed naturally and consistently out of who he was. He was not just... Cons- and and here's, a, here's a point, and I want to really dig down on this. He was not just consistent inside and out, because anybody can be consistent inside and out. You could be an evil person on the inside and an evil person on the outside. You're consistent inside and out, but the essence of Jesus' consistency was full of biblical character qualities. Now, one of the things that I have here in this article is an infographic that, that walks through some of the labels, some of these indicators that you can look for as far as character development. Again, the podcast, if you do these things, you will be a missional friend. I've I've unpacked what be a missional mindset is. I've addressed where the starting blocks are, and now I'm working through eight steps of the exported missional life. And number one is, who are you? Number two, what do you say? What, what I say. You see, you speak connected words. I've already said this in a way. Words start in your heart. They run a straight line to your tongue, and that line continues into your world. These are connected words from your heart to your tongue to your world. This wisdom is crucial when it comes to building long-term relationships. Parents can blow up this point with their children if they are not exporting a humble and genuine representation of Christ after a decade or more of time and context. The child learns the truth about the parents, and they reject God. You'll hear it like this, if that is Christianity. I don't want anything to do with it. And so the first step in the exported missional life is, who are you? The second thing, what, what do you say? Step number three, what do you do? Words are not the only behaviors that come out of your heart. They're, they are actions, too. It is impossible to mask the authentic soul of a person. Not entirely. You cannot spend 10 or 15 years with someone in a 1,000 or more square foot home and not know that individual inside and out. It is easier, and I'm not suggesting this because this is a deplorably unwise idea, but it is easier for some, some ministers of the gospel, I'm talking about Christians, to focus more, most of their ministry efforts outside the home because it is a more straightforward and easier task to disguise yourself to others. What Jesus was to the world was what he was in private. If you are not fighting to be consistent in your private and practice what you do in private, what you do in your external practice, at some point along the way, you may irreparably damage some of your closest relationships. Now, I am not suggesting that you become perfect in this matter because, honestly, that would be a ludicrous proposition because nobody can do that. But we have repentance for our mistakes. And honestly, making a mistake could be one of the best things that you could ever do in your home. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. But when you do, and you will, 
what a beautiful thing to model repentance in front of those with whom you've sinned against. And so I'm giving you a picture of what an exported missional life looks like. You want to dress, address who, I, who am I at the very heart level. And then you want to address the words that you say. And then number three, you want to take a look at the actions that you do. And then number four, these previous three steps, whether good or bad, determine the kind of minister of the gospel that you are. You could say step number four, this is me the the accumulative of, the accumulation of the first three steps is you step number four. It will also assess the effectiveness of the type of ministry you have on those who come in contact with you. Now, my appeal at this juncture of this podcast is for you to evaluate yourself. Perhaps there is someone in your life who is not afraid to speak the truth in love to you. Did you know it's rare to have that kind of person? But it's rarer after you factor in any insecurities about asking for assistance. We can mess up this possible redemptive moment in several ways. You see, a lot of people, I hear this a lot where people say, I don't have anybody speaking in my life. Rarely do I hear somebody say, and it, it will come out every now and then, but rarely do I hear someone say, well, you know, the bigger truth is, is I'm insecure. I, I don't, I'm afraid of people speaking into my life. That happens regularly in our mastermind program. Our students are like that. I'm like that. We're all like that to some degree, but some people are captivated by that. And it's not so much about people speaking into their lives, but it is about them being mature enough to receive that kind of, of corrective care. Now, I realize that is abused all the time, but that's not what I'm addressing here. What I'm addressing here is that you need people speaking in your life, but you also need to be humble and teachable enough to where people can do that. And so step number four is the accumulation of one, two, three. This is who I am. This is what I say. This is what I do. And number four, this is me. Now step number five, you know who you are. The next thing that you want to look at in, in exporting a missional mindset to the world is how you affect people. You know who you are. How do you affect people? Well, family members experience all the congruities and inconsistencies of our lives. There's no way around that. And if the disparity of our depravity continues, we may sabotage our first and primary mission field. Your first and primary mission field in this order, again, is you. You can sabotage that. And then you can, if you're married, you can sabotage your spouse and you can sabotage your children. And, and, and so if the disparity between what you are on the inside and how you affect people on the outside, if it continues, you will sabotage your primary mission field. But we don't have to stop there. We can cause significant harm to others inside and outside the body of Christ. So step number five, how you affect people. I asked a question earlier, how you rub off on others. That's how you affect people. Step number six, all right, I know how I affect people now. Now I want to talk about exporting the gospel beyond. All Christians are in the import-export business. And this is what Paul was teaching his young protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, 2. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What God and others pour into you 
It's your mission to work it out, according to Paul's language in Second in Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13. And so God works in you. He uses other people as means of grace to work in you. And then it's your mission to work it out, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and then you ship it to others. Did you know you have no choice but to live an exported life? Unbelievers live an exported life. Everybody exports their life to someone. I am not suggesting that what you're shipping is the right stuff. But you are exporting something. And so point number six, now we're looking at your import-export business, what God is working in and what you are working out and shipping to the world. Number seven, another aspect of the missional mindset is you want people to be like you. Truly. We're talking about Christ-like, aren't we? And we've already addressed who you are on the inside, the words that you use, uh, the, the behaviors that you use, the totality of the person that you are, the people that you are affecting, and the import-export business as it goes out beyond your immediate uh, influence. Well, obviously, you want people to be like you. See, Paul's understanding of missional ministry was purposeful, powerful, practical. He was Christ's representative on earth. Therefore, he wanted people, he wanted to replicate himself into others. To reproduce himself in others was to replicate Christ in them because you're replicating Christ-likeness. And so it's common sense to say, I want you to be like me, follow me as I follow Christ. And so when you tell your spouse, your children, your family, your friends about Jesus, you are pointing to yourself as an example of what you're asking Now, you may not have ever considered how your life is a painting that others observe and the validity and the authenticity of your words. They gain or lose force by the vessel that is communicating. Through your character, your words, your actions, as I have been addressing, any person should gain clarity on what the Christ-like life looks like in practice. Every thought about Christ Every, I'm sorry, everyone thought about Christ that way. They might not have articulated it that, that way. They either wanted what he had or they rejected what he had, but this is what they were wanting or rejecting. He was an authentic Christ. It was an authentic Christ that they were measuring. We want to make sure that if a family member or friend rejects us, that if they reject our lifestyle, we want to make sure that they are rejecting an authentic representation of Christ's likeness in us instead of rejecting a diluted version of Christianity that they see in us. You have the resident power in you to determine what you're going to imitate, therefore what you're going to export, and If people accept you, they will be accepting Christ-likeness. If they reject you, they will be rejecting Christ-likeness. And so number seven, you do want people to follow you as you follow Christ because you have a missional mindset. And then number eight, you always want to be addressing this. Am I making missional progress? Am I, because as I said earlier, none of us can do this perfectly. It would be a ludicrous proposition to think that you can. And so it's called progressive sanctification. And so naturally, number eight in having this exported missional mindset is you want to self-assess to, as you move all along the way, as you move through these mile markers, am I making missional progress? The most effective witness to the truth claims of Scripture is the transformed life. 
If our immediate spheres of influence are not perceiving and motivated by our transformation, we're bringing irreparable harm to missions. Now, perhaps this article and podcast, these questions that I have now at the call, call to action section, perhaps they will help you to address any deficiencies in your life. If you do these things, this is the title of the podcast, you'll be a missional friend. I broke down a biblical understanding of a missional mindset. I gave you your starting block and I've given you eight indicators in sequential order to think about. There's two infographics here as well, as far as, as well as a dozen or so imported links. And now I have some questions for you. I'll not be able to get to them all, but you are welcome to read them by jumping on this article. Number one, when you think about missions, is your first thought more about out there somewhere or in your heart and your life? Number two, how would those who know you best describe your imitation of Christ? For a double bonus and a leadership opportunity, will you ask them? Number three, what is one thing you need to change as it pertains to this article? that would make you a more effective minister of the gospel. Now, always, there's more questions here, uh, but as always, I would love for you to come to our ministry if we can serve you. Virtually every day, someone's coming and asking questions, and that's what we love. Our ministry is underwritten and supported by those who value what we do, and because of their generosity, we're able to provide all this for you. So please come. Let's talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.